announcement. The hemp revolution will not be televised. I repeat, the hemp revolution will not be televised. Welcome to the Hemp Revolution podcast, the global hotspot for the buzz and the cannabis. You can hear the stories of the green rush from the dreamers who are writing the rules, innovating the business, and changing history forever. Immerse yourself with the fascinating stories from the leaders in the hemp health revolution to learn how we are changing the game forever. Introducing your hosts, James Brinkerhoff and Sonia Gomez. coming to you from Denver, Colorado. This is another badass rock star episode of The Hemp Revolution. And today we are diving into yet another story from a magnificent CBD entrepreneur. I am so excited. I absolutely love this. I love your guys' feedback and reviews on all of the podcasts. Make sure that you don't miss the boat. Leave us a review and let us know what you think about today's interview because Our guest today is Mr. Brian Little, who is a health and wellness enthusiast, personal trainer, fitness coach. You can tell he's damn fly from looking at him on this video. Um, He's also the husband and father of two boys and a beautiful wife. Brian is the co-founder of Limitless CBD, a hemp CBD manufacturer and CBD supply company. Before CBD came around, Brian was helping men and women get healthy and had a really successful personal training company with Wow Fitness, where he worked as a personal trainer and fitness coach. But since he has helped hundreds of people get healthy, get in shape, and use CBD products to transform the way that they feel and function on a daily basis. Welcome our change maker, Mr. Brian Little. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Oh, living the dream. Living the dream. dream. Yeah, thank you for having me on. (laughs) Loving this dream. Tell me, tell me. Um, I I said a little bit about your background, but intros never do the story justice. Talk to me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you were up to before CBD got uh, bit you. So beforehand, my passion, what I was doing was helping people get in shape, get healthy. I had a a personal training company, Wild Fitness, where I coached one-on-one with um, people uh, that were trying to get in shape. My clients were health enthusiasts, people that weren't, uh, that were just trying to get healthy. And it ranged, I, I trained everyone from the CEO that was working uh, for MetLife to just your average girl that wanted to, you know, have, have her butt pop out a little bit more. So the ones um, that wanted to tighten fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it. So, but, but my background, is really in, in sales um, and fitness. So I was able to, you know, scale the company that I have right now, CBD, because one, I had the passion for the health, health and wellness, and helping people get the get in shape. But also, I was able to scale it because one, the right timing, but two, my background in sales and marketing. Overall, my experience comes from you know, helping people get in, get in shape and get healthy, which allowed me to understand CBD and what it does. 
and why it works so so well. Nice. Love it. So was there a specific incident or like aha moment that shifted your interest from specifically health and wellness and moved it into a more specialized niche that included CBD? Yes. So what the catalyst to all this was what I saw CBD do in people's lives. So to give you an example, when I first learned about CBD, it was from a colleague of mine that said, hey, try this out, right? It's good for you. It's that, that, that was the extent of it, right? We didn't know anything about it. I was told that it was good for me. So I took the product, I did a little research on what it was, and then I found that CBD it does all these things, right? I'm like, there's no freaking way that CBD can do all these things. It's, it's impossible, right? This is, this is snake oil. This is just all marketing. So I started to do a little bit more research to try to understand why it, it did what it did. From there, I, I, I found out that it was a good anti-inflammatory. And I had some clients that suffering from what's called leaky gut syndrome, which is essentially just inflammation of the gut. And then after I gave it to him for about it's what us in Middle Earth would call out, would call blowout Boulevard. It's when you got, <laughs> it's when you got the backup, and it's and it's a loud situation back then. You leave the room. That's yeah, what that means. That. I like that. I got, I got to remember that one. And then, blowout then, Boulevard. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So my clients had blowout Boulevard, and started helping them reduce their guts problems. Their gut the inflammation started going down after about a month i'm like well there, there must be something to this right i learned that uh, after i saw what it did it really made me want to tell more people about it because before i mean i thought it was a cool product but afterwards i had this conviction i had to be evangelical about it so from there i started to tell friends and family about it right and then they thought it was just a bunch of snake oil too right they didn't believe me but then I, I really had to convince uh, my, my grandmother, which is part of the baby boomer generation and looks at anything as cannabis related as, as bad, right? It's, it's that wacky to backy and it's, not, it's just going to get me the high. The devil's lettuce. The devil's lettuce, yeah. So I was able to convince her to start using it and it actually started helping her out tremendously. She had aches and pains and for years and years and she started using it. And within a week, she started feeling relief. And I, all I said was, I told you so. From there, like I mentioned, I became very evangelical about CBD and everything that it can do for our health. Excuse me. That's my- <laughs> no worries. I had to, Look, I got four kids. I got a nosy ass husband. They're always kind of like... They're like, you can't see them right here because of how I have my computer position, but they're on break right now. And every once in a while, somebody pops in and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) the silent scream. (laughs) And from there, I, like I said, I became evangelical about it. I wanted to tell everybody and their mom about it. So I, we started researching a couple of different companies to distribute. One was the, the original one that I, that I tried and gave people, which is called Golden Leaf uh, CBD. And I started distributing this product. Then I learned more about other products, different types of consumption, what they can be used for. And I just, I literally, since at the time, as you know, as well as I do, you could not market this product online. You couldn't do the traditional routes, Facebook, Instagram. You just, you just could not do it because they wouldn't allow it unless you were being very creative 
with it mm -hmm. um, and creative with the marketing. So everything was just pounding the pavement, talking to, talking to stores, calling stores, reaching out to my current network and started to sell to a lot of vape shops and head shops. So I started off selling it in Ohio. From Ohio, I expanded to other states from PA, California, Massachusetts. So I had a little foothold in almost every state that it allowed, see that actually allowed CBD at, at the time. As you know, states' laws are changing, which allowed me to get into even more states. Started off just with Ohio and then just expanding a network with different, not only different products, but different brands, different states. Nice. I love it. So are you primarily then a, your business model is to be a distributor from and representative for multiple brands. And then you go out and create the relationships with the retailer distribution centers and are their pro main provider. That's how it originated. Uh, so there was an evolution where from distributor and then I made some partnerships along the way that allowed me to get into manufacturing. Um, and the reason I got into manufacturing is because some of the products that I was distributing, I learned that they weren't being most above board and, and ethical because I, at the time I didn't know much about test results. And I thought if it, if it has, if it says 500 milligrams of CBD, it's going to have 500 milligrams of CBD in it. Well, that's not always the case. And as I learned that, it made me and compelled me to want to create my own brand and help people make products that were actual, they had what it said it had, it had in it and you know even if it just having a, a good product so i learned about the manufacturing through some of my, my partnerships i had actually a facility in utah where we started manufacturing out of i had a partnership out there with a, a well-known cbd manufacturer uh, they, I, I won't disclose their name right now but they're very well known in our industry um from there we just didn't see eye to eye so I brought Operation to Ohio, partner up with a longtime customer of mine, actually was one of my first customers um, when starting in the CBD industry. And we created a brand called Limitless. And we offered, our primary business right now is private label and white label manufacturing. So I started to consult companies to help them create a brand. And by doing that, I helped them find out, you know, who, who they're trying to market to, products that would be best for that market, and how to be successful in selling to that market. So white label, private label, manufacturing over about over 100 different products, still distribution of a couple of different brands. It's not the main primary business, but we still do offer that. Um, and then our own brand, Limitless CBD. So my, the, it's everything, everything is an evolution, right? So right now, the primary focus is more on consulting companies. So right now there's a, a lot of tribulation in the vape industry. So there's a lot of vape companies that don't know what to do moving forward. They're scared of what could happen. So we have a lot of vape companies, larger manufacturers that are looking to get into the CBD industry. And they want to diversify their product offering. Exactly. So like right now what I'm doing is to utilize their current network distribution network sells CBD to that market. So right now, the primary focus, say 80% of my focus is on helping uh, CBD companies either grow or get into the industry. 
Nice. Love that. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about your results. I, I'm really interested in hearing about this all the time because, you know, different people are experiencing different results. They're up against different challenges. There are some sort of umbrella challenges that prevent a lot of the growth in, in the CBD space for mom and pop type shops. And even big name businesses are, are, are struggled with the same thing. The three key or the four main things that we see ch businesses challenged with is marketing and advertising, merchant processing, distribution, and then stabilizing their supply chain. So for you guys, you just mentioned that your area that you're really specializing in is white labeling products for folks and then consulting them on how to be successful and navigate their way through that. How many clients are you serving right now? What and where, like, would you consider yourself a medium-sized business? What kind of revenue are you guys doing? And how long have you guys been in business? So Limitless has been in business for only a year and a half. Okay, cool. Before that, the distribution part, which was 360 distribution, I started about about four years ago-ish, give or, give or take. Um, depends on when you say I actually started doing it full-time. So it was just like everything was an evolution. Yeah, totally. As far as clients go we service it depends on which part of the business you're talking about if it's distribution probably have about 500 stores that we distribute to um if it is white label private label um a couple hundred currently we're talking about just consulting all right now consulting is it's a small amount it might be i'd say 25 different companies that we're actually consulting with uh, that i'm consulting with right now and that's going to grow because that's my primary focus for the next year or so next well, next five years really nice um, i love that is that the aspect and, and i ask entrepreneurs this all the time because like you keep saying you know the the way that business grows is an evolution and we generally fit the needs or requests of the demographic that we're serving absolutely. and that's we get into this creative space and we're like how do we create the solutions that can help us generate more cash flow in our existing industry or existing business model. And it's an inevitable progression to go from distributing someone else's products to wanting your own product to now white labeling somebody else's products and then coaching and consulting them on how to do it themselves. So you, you're following the typical path of an entrepreneur and definitely going where the cash is. Where would you guys say are some of the key challenges that you're experiencing right now as a mid-sized company? So with the biggest challenge right now is the, well, the original one was supply, right? It's, it, it was finding the right farms to partner with, the right processors to get the product from. That was the biggest challenge initially. Um, now it's the ability to keep everything organized. It sounds really simple, but with when, when, when growing, it's, putting the systems in place to where we're setting, for example, with inventory, we're setting PARs where, because we, we have so many reorders, so many people ordering, new clients, old clients ordering, that it, if we set a PAR for, to get down to you know 500 units, well, that can change next week because of the demand of it. So it's trying to find out the happy medium to we're able to have quick turnaround times. But the biggest challenge right now has been with inventory, keeping the correct amount of inventory, and cash flow uh, aligned, and then also being able to just ensure that uh, people are getting their products in a timely fashion. So part of the uh, what we do with the white label, private label, there's more than just 
supplying them with products, right? So we yeah. are helping them with their label, printing the labels, label design. So we essentially help them create a brand, right? So, yeah. and this, this creates challenges too, because we have an in-house designer that can only handle so much work at a time. And we offer, I mean, really, really I mean, we should charge more than we really do, especially for the amount of time he takes up. So you have a amount. Of, you have a, a person that's helping them co- create a brand, essentially, and the, trying to convey the timeline to a customer, a client that wants that's very ambitious and wants to get started yesterday. That it's going to take a little while for us to create this for you, and for us to not necessarily create the products, but to create the the brand for you. So it's it's just juggling from inventory and in lead times for customers and making sure that we're able to give them the products that they want when they need it with an appropriate timeline. Yeah. I, you know what? I totally get it. And I love the transparency because we don't really talk. So many companies are concerned about positioning themselves themselves to have it all figured out. But the thing that attracts most clients, I think that the thing that attracts most clients is knowing that they're, that they're working with real people and real people who can properly represent the bottlenecks in the business, but also, you know, manage expectations in a way that allows them to create success in a timely fashion. So I love that you're talking about, you know, what are the bottlenecks in your own business? Because for those of you guys who are listening, you have to recognize that in a self-governing industry, we are the ones who are writing the rules and and designing the pathway that we're going down right now. We're having to innovate and create and, you know, just completely transform the way that we would normally do business because the rules do not apply to us in a sense. And so we have to create them as we go along. How do you lay out the systems that allow you to build a successful team that put the pillars underneath you that create a solid foundation for you to grow upon? And I've seen so many companies grow and scale so quickly that those systems don't get put in place at the right time. And then they completely implode and then they have to rebuild and do it all over again. So it, you know, one of the things that we, because we're doing a something similar. We're one of the only companies, we're one of the only communities that has been able to successfully advertise for the last three and a half years. We've built a massive audience of over a million people, cannabis and hemp consumers. Obviously there's, you know, 10% here who want to invest and 10% here who want to do business. And there's in a million people, there's all the microchasms represented, right? But we've impacted over 50 million around the world in just the last 24 months and continue to reach you know, hundreds, if not millions of hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people at a time with our content. And we've built this really great internal ecosystem and it's just been a husband and wife team. So that's one of our growing pains as well is like, what, you know, who do we need to do what task when and how so that our ultimate vision of the why and our passion and purpose gets realized, right? So we're starting to work with businesses inside of our own consulting and inside of our agency to help them overcome the challenges with online advertising, attracting more of the ideal customers that they want to be working with, helping them to put the proper systems and ordinances in place in their own organization so that they themselves can grow and scale. And what we're recognizing is if we come in as a support system, because 
anybody in the CBD space, we can say that we're competition, right? Jack Daniels is competition with another black, you know, with another liquor and tequila, there's Patron and Jose Cuervo and everybody's in competition if they're in the same industry. But I really look at it as an opportunity for collaborative efforts. How can we work together as an industry to raise the bar of professionalism, to set the standard in which we operate and then help support one another building the kinds of businesses that we want to do business with. At the end of the day, like that's how we have to approach this before big business, big pharma come in and completely take us over. So talk to me a little bit about like, if you could wave your magic wand right now, what would you fix first in your company? And then I have a follow-up question to that. So if I had a a magic wand, it would be, you mentioned about scaling and outsourcing right? Being able to, I, I would, I would have all the perfect employees doing, I really, it would be the perfect, the perfect people and the position that helps them and does, they, they can do the best in, because that's been, that's been the hardest challenge is finding the right people to help me scale, find myself with the right people and what to, what to hire somebody for internally and what to outsource to another company, right? Yeah. That's a huge differentiator is like, what do you bring in-house versus what kind of partner, win-win partnerships do you create? Like what kind of collaborative opportunities do you generate and partnerships do you create alignment with so that you don't have to be everything to everyone, but your network can represent a solution for each one of the facets. And that's such a key thing to consider while you're in these grow, these um, stages of growth is you know, what what do I need a partner for? Somebody who's like equally yoked and are, you know, ready to take this thing to the next level versus an employee for, and being an employee is not a lowly position. Like if you look at, if you look at Playboy, for instance, Hugh Hefner was this creative, you know, eccentric sort of forward thinker that without his assistant, Bobby, who ultimately ended up committing suicide because of a crazy drug charge. Anyways, without her working at his side for, you know, 12, 15 years and really being a friend to the business and to the business owner and, you know, in support of the growth of the organization, like she really took on the brunt of the work, the grunt work that makes the thing go. Yes. And people don't realize the key position that I could not do without would be an admin assistant. That's, I mean, it's, it's not a position that gets advertised as, as glorious by any means, but it's, it's the one thing that keeps the business going and keeps everything moving forward, keeps it organized. Because without an organized business, you're gonna have a failing business. Hell so, yeah, totally so get it. Kudos to all of the executive assistants out there. We love you. You know, the real trick at this phase of growth that I'm recognizing is, and the, and the power question that I, like, I have it pasted on my wall is how do I remain in a visionary position? How do, as a business owner, how do I continue to share my potency and my power and my passion, but remain in a visionary position in my business? It's the difference between working on your business and working in your business. And as a founder, you have to really maintain your foothold as a visionary and working on your business so that there's a trajectory of where we're growing. Otherwise we get stagnant and that, you know, that ultimately creates a failure. So for you, 
what is the vision that you have for your company? Where do you want to see it in three years? Like what, in which way? In all ways. Like if you, again, back to the magic wand, I'm all about magical fairy princesses. So if you could, if you, what are you working for every day right now? What's your vision for your company in three years? You want to see this kind of social change. You want to see these kinds of revenues in your company and you want to have this kind of team. What does that look like for you? So I'll plan on being less hands-on and limitless, the manufacturing part of it, and working with uh, businesses in the consulting world. So yeah. one, thing, one thing that you mentioned is that with a company, uh, I think in order for a company to scale, it should focus on what it's best at, right? So if you focus on your 5%, 10% of what you're best at, and then you can essentially find somebody else that you can outsource something to that's also good at that five or 10%. And then you find somebody else that's good at that five or 10%. You, everyone's doing what they're best at. That's when the company runs efficiently and effectively. So what I'm focusing on is the, my five or 10% that I'm best at, which is the consulting and helping people getting involved in the CBD industry. Because one thing, again, to go back to your, one of your points that you made, if these other big players are gonna be getting involved in the CBD industry, okay? And if we're not helping companies grow and do things right at this current moment, they're gonna take over and they're gonna dominate. So my goal right now is to the consulting, helping companies get started and doing it right. As far as monetary goes, my, my monetary goals for Limitless are 50 million. My goals for, that's within, that's in, that's in about five years. My far, as far as the consulting, um, consulting is going to be a little bit on the lower end of 5 million in five years. But that's okay. Cause it seems like that's the piece of your business that you love the most and like passion versus profit for me, like it feels so much better for me to be doing the things that I'm most passionate about, even if I'm making less money because it f helps me fulfill a purpose. You know, mm -hmm. and so I don't always measure success monetarily. For me, it's about, am I waking up every day excited to do what I'm doing? Am I bringing the value that I know that I have? Am I making the difference I know I can make? And how is that reflecting in the Absolutely. people and environment that I'm in, right? So, Absolutely. I mean, everybody's got to eat, but trust, like you can make a, you can make an incredible difference and, you know, have an exponential business by, by serving a local community and making a little less money, but making a massive impact. Mm -hmm. So I, Absolutely. for me, like monetary achievements are not necessarily the highest of the high. Yeah. For me, it's all about like, how are we aligning the mission, the movement, our passion and our purpose and turning that Absolutely. into profit? Yeah, because there's, there's a million things that we can do to make money, right? I can, yeah. probably make, I can make money doing essentially anything. But yeah. is it going to make me feel fulfilled? No. I want something that's going to make me feel fulfilled and I'll be able to contribute. Now, with that being said, the thing that I'm able to feel fulfilled with is going to allow me to make more money because I feel really good about doing it. So that's, yeah. that's, that's another way to look at it too. Totally. I'll be successful at it because I enjoy it. Yeah, totally. I completely agree. So you are a papapreneur. Talk to me a little bit about juggling the little one. First of all, how old are your kids? How many do you have? How long have you been married? So I've been married for five, five years. Don't tell her. I said. Don't fuck this up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I already fucked it up. So five, yeah, five years, been married five years. I have two kids. A boy, two boys, three-year-old, and a six-month-old. Woo! Yeah. 
they, they are amazing. They have changed my life only, only for the better. As far as juggling it, it's challenging. Before I had them, I would have said there's no way I could have um, been an entrepreneur and you know raised a family and spent the time and dedication that it takes to cultivate and grow a family. But we all, we make things work, right? We figure out we are creatures of adaptation for sure. And you do what you got to do to be successful in every area they want to. So the way my my schedule has changed is sometimes I get up earlier. Sometimes I, I stay up later. As long as I get five or six hours of sleep every night, that's all I need. However, whatever it takes in between that time to spend, I dedicate two hours of my day every single day to my kids and my wife. I, I block out the hours of six to eight every single day. Uh, besides that, I'm working, I'm networking, I'm just doing my thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so my, my schedule, I mean, to give you an idea, every day I have a, I have a routine. I wake up, um, I get up, I listen to a podcast, I read, I then shoot out my emails. From there, I spend a little bit of time with my kids, maybe right before they go to the babysitters, or sometimes like on certain days, they're home, spend some time with them before the babysitter comes here. After that, I work out. I, I, you, have to, you have to exercise when being an entrepreneur. If you do not, the stress could kill you. I equate exercise and success. It's one of, they go, they go hand in hand. After I work out, I then have a good, healthy shake, protein shake. From there, I typically have, I always have a 9 a.m. meeting every single day. So I have that scheduled meeting no matter who it is. Um, it could be the same one. It could be a meeting with the team, um, to make sure they're on, uh, on the right track, get any kind of questions answered. Um, or if that meeting get changed for another day or another time, I'd make sure that, but Every day I have a 9 a.m. with someone to accomplish something. And what's the purpose of that? Like what's the significance of the 9 a.m. meeting? It's just habit. I want I want to have it. My son, I, everything that I do, what has what has helped me is I think every conversation that I have, everything that I do, I think, how could I, how can I move forward? Right. So what's some progress I can make with this one conversation? I I never want to leave any conversation or anything a meeting, anything, uh, email, whatever it may be, there has to be some kind of progress to move forward with it. Next steps, ne next steps, next steps. And my 9 a.m. meeting, one, it's a habit, but it always helps me take those next steps, those next steps of progress. Love, I love it. I love that we're discussing morning routines. I'm like such an advocate. I got all my stuff back here. I'm a vision boarder. Like I'm listening to all my personal development stuff. I got to give you a book, man. I have got to hook you up with this book and like this whole community that I'm a part of. It's called the Millionaire Master Plan. I just talked about this on another one of my podcasts. I've been following this guy, Roger James Hamilton, who's okay. like this futuristic entrepreneur. And he's taken 5,000 years of the I Ching, like Eastern philosophy and paired it with modern day business and quite literally in the last like five years has grown his business to over 50 million dollars he's diversified with like 
real estate and education and, you know, all of these different things. And he runs a mentorship program, but it's all about how you get yourself, your team and your business in flow with the universe. How do we leverage the power of the universe? How do we build our team? How do we track the same people or the right people? How do we do the things that matter the most to us that feel most natural to us, leveraging our unique skill sets? And, you know, when do we build promotion plans? How do we build promotion plans? How do we set up our, our finances so that we're, you know, continuously building and duplicating our wealth? both personally and professionally. I mean, this shit is sick and I'm so into it right now. And I'm like into, oh, I'm into it all the time. And it's a huge basis of the way that I consult people. But more importantly than that, like the significance of creating habits and, you know, starting with the way that you start your day and end your day and how you create time, like everything is timing everything is timing. Warren Buffett became the richest man on the planet earth because he understood the power of time, right? Like when to, or when not to do something, how to, or how not to do something. And he spends so much time accumulating information that will empower him to make the decision at the right time. So I absolutely love how you organize your day. I absolutely love how you prioritize family and kids because I'm a mompreneur. I got, I got four overachieving active ass kids. They're not like, I, sometimes I wake up on a Saturday morning and I'm like, how come these damn kids could just be some average fat ass kids who like Doritos and fucking basket? Like I'm, huh? Because their mom's not. That's why truth but i got these kids they're waking up at 6 a.m because they got to go to football somebody's got a dance recital we got to do makeup for fucking theater like (laughs) there is no rest for the wicked around here and if you don't like clearly schedule those things out the family falls to the wayside i cannot tell you how many people i have spoken to whose number one pain point in their business is the fact that they can't focus they can't focus because they got trouble at home they can't focus because they got trouble with their bodies and their health and well-being and they're not feeling good. And they it's because they don't make the time for it. So such a, such a significant value add. I absolutely love that. My follow-up question to your goals was, what are some key pieces of advice that you can offer the budding entrepreneurs and the people who are already running their brands, but perhaps running themselves into the ground? What are like two or three pieces of advice or, you know, direction that you could offer them if they're listening to this podcast right now? I would say there's a, a guy I listen to called Ed Milet, and he has a philosophy of just one more rep, right? So the, everything you do, just think of how you could do one more, right? So, and you apply that to everything. So exercising is doing one more. If, if you set a goal of doing 10, um, 10 reps of something, do 11. Or if you did three sets of something, do four sets. When it comes to entrepreneurship, if it's a phone call, you maybe you set a goal to do, to make 10 phone calls, right? Do 11 phone calls. So always do one more. That's what's, that, that's my one piece of advice because you could, you're going to have people who are going to be getting into, into, into this industry in any industry uh, that you're going to be in that are going to be able to sprint fast, right? That they're going to get tired. But if you have, always have the mindset of doing one more, you're going to have longer. You're going to have, you're going to be able to sprint. Plus you're going to have more endurance. So that would, that would be my piece of advice.
boss. Love it. Such a good piece of advice. Such a powerful piece of information. What was that guy's name? Ed Milet? Ed Milet, yes. Yeah, dope. Does he have a podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. awesome. And if people are interested in if people are interested in working with you or finding out more about your company, where can they find you? Uh, Brian, go to Brian Lytle, spelled spelled like little, but Brian CBD.com. Or look me up on Instagram at Brian Lytle CBD or uh, on LinkedIn at then slash Brian Lytle. Love nice. it. And all of the links that you guys need to follow along with what Limitless CBD is doing will be posted here inside of the blog post. Make sure that you read up and check on some of the highlights from today's interview. If you are a budding entrepreneur coming into this industry and are looking for some key resources, relationships, tools, tricks, tactics that you can use to accelerate your growth and success in this space, check us out at theemeraldcircle.com. If you're an existing brand and you're looking for those key relationships, resources, or just strategy that you can leverage to build and grow quickly to get over those hurdles or perhaps overcome some major roadblocks that are preventing your growth, hit us up at theemeraldcircle.com. If you are a patient looking for the best products that you can trust to deliver the results that you are looking for, check us out at the medicalsecrets.com website. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez, and this is The Hemp Revolution. Brian, thanks so much for your time today, and we'll see you guys on our next show. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Rockstar episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Gomez. And just for you, we took notes on this episode along with the links and other resources mentioned inside of today's show. Get them for free right now by going to theemeraldcircle.com. Now, if you want more on this, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcast or wherever you like to listen, and you will be automatically entered in to our monthly giveaway where you can get swag bags, all kinds of cool gifts and discounts from our guests, and exclusive offers that are only mentioned right here in the Hemp Revolution podcast. I can't wait for you to share this with your friends. With your help, we've been able to impact millions of people's lives around the world with the truth about hemp and cannabis. And we know that you love us so much that you're going to leave a review and rate us right now on your favorite platform to absorb content just like this. Now, we challenge you to dream big and love the life that you live. Thanks so much. And we hope to see you on our next episode of the Hemp Revolution podcast. Ciao for now.